In Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 25, the Apostle Paul writes, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Well, at this point in our fictional case study with Tim and Emily, we are going to suppose that a lot of traction has been taking place over the weeks of your meeting with them and that God has been miraculously uh, restoring and reconciling their marriage, even to the point where they are meeting together in the same room with you and not drawing daggers at one another, but are graciously um, open to what God may want to do with them in terms of their own transformation so that they might begin to serve one another. Now, they've got a long way to go, but they are open, they are listening, they've got a posture of humility, and they told you in their last session that they were interested in learning how to restore communication in their marriage in a way that would please God. Well, in order to help Tim and Emily restore marital communication, um, I would take them to the words of the Apostle Paul that we've just heard in Ephesians 4, 25 to 32. And there are at least four simple gospel-saturated rules here in this portion of Scripture that if taken seriously and, and walked out in the context of a marital relationship by the grace of God, it would overhaul any marriage communication issues through the lens of the gospel. Yet death and life are in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18.21. And Paul's instructions here in Ephesians 5.25-32 demonstrate how our words can become fountains of life and a present means of grace for our spouse. Now, in all uh, candor, this four-point plan and some of its particulars is drawn from a talk called The Four Rules of Communication. It was a, an address given by Rob Green at the Faith Biblical Counseling Conference on May 9th, 2014 at Bethlehem Baptist Church's North Campus located in Moundsview, Minnesota. And it's had such an impact on me over the years that I thought I'd share these rules of communication with you here. The first rule that Tim and Emily need to keep with one another at all times is to be honest. Be honest. So Ephesians 4.25, therefore having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. If Tim and Emily are going to see a recovery of healthy communication in their marriage, truth-telling is the cornerstone on which they need to build. Practically, this means that Tim and Emily need to put off deceit, secrecy, exaggeration, anything else that might jeopardize, jeopardize clear and honest, forthright speech. 
Over time, truth-telling builds trust. And if Tim and Emily have trust, there will be a great deal of blessing in their marriage. Not only are they to speak the truth, but they need to be committed to speaking it in love, Ephesians 4.15. It's not enough just to simply report data factually with our spouse. We need to do so in a way that is patient, kind, not rude, assuming the best of one another, and so on. Uh, Think about uh, the the multifaceted aspects of love passage in 1 Corinthians 13.4-7. So the first rule in communication, which I would urge them to keep, is to be honest. The second rule that Tim and Emily need to keep with one another is to keep current. Keep current. So Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. The basic idea here is to stay ahead of the power curve in an effort to diffuse potential conflicts as well as to solve immediate ones. When Jesus tells us that each day has enough trouble of its own, he's encouraging us to deal constructively and quickly with problems rather than letting them build up over time. So Matthew 6.34. Some questions for self-diagnosis here that I would share with them regarding whether or not to bring up a matter for discussion might include, do I have the facts straight? And again, you're just thinking this to yourself before you ever bring something up to your spouse. Do I have the facts straight here? Should love hide it? Is my timing right? Is my attitude right? Have I prayed for God's help? If these questions have been considered, then Tim and Emily are much more likely to arrive at wisdom in approaching the process of conflicts with one another. No matter what, I would encourage them not to let the sun go down on their anger. In other words, dealing with conflict to the glory of God means that we have a commitment to keep current in our communication. The third rule that Tim and Emily need to keep with one another is to attack the problem, not the person. This is huge. Attack the problem, not the person. So Ephesians 4, 29 to 30. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How many hours we spend and resources we waste in attacking our spouses rather than attacking problems together alongside our spouses. Our words are unwholesome when we use them for harm and not for help. So very much of the time, our greatest problems in marital communication stem from attacking our spouse instead of the problem itself. Though this is certainly an area where both Tim and Emily will need to invest some work, it's obvious that Tim needs help here in a unique way. Tim's tendency to become quick to anger has been uh, oftentimes resulted in lashing out at Emily in ways that have been incredibly damaging and hurtful. And he's, he's been told that he has a disease, but we want to help him come to grips with the fact that he really has a heart that is out of line. The heart of the matter is that Tim's heart is the matter. He needs to come to see how this sinful instinct of his heart grieves the Holy Spirit of God in particular. Instead of attacking one another, I would work with them on using edifying speech that seeks to support and assist and build one another up. They want to get to the point where their words encourage one another's growth. They, They come in a timely way and they give grace to each other. They need to learn to attack the problem, not the person. 
Now, the fourth and final rule that uh, Tim and Emily need to keep with one another is to act, don't react. Act, don't react. So verse 31 and 32, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Somebody once said that life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react to it. That's absolutely true. Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander are all reactions. They're all reactions of a sinful, self-serving heart in the face of problems. Both Tim and Emily have experienced this. Now, I would be clear with them that if all we do is simply react when we encounter adversity, we will be hopelessly at the whims of our sinful desires. Instead, with our eyes locked onto our Savior, we need to learn to simply act in the way that Christ calls us to act toward our spouse, regardless of the amount of adverse circumstances surrounding us or how difficult they make, they make that for us. In views of the mercy of God for, for, to us in our own lives, we can become the sort of spouse that is kind and tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And in this way, we can live out a parable of the gospel in our marriages for one another and for all the world to see. Grace and peace.